Hello, I'm Dr. Tina Hertzberg, and I'm a professor and coordinator of the Visual Impairment Education Program at the University of South Carolina in Spartanburg, South Carolina in the United States. Hi, I'm Dr. Penny Rosenblum with the American Foundation for the Blind, which is actually all virtual here in the United States. And we are both very pleased to be sharing with you a project that we did several years ago where we examine how students who are initially print readers make the transition to Braille and the way that the teacher students with visual impairment, the child and the family work together to make that transition. So we're gonna start off by having Dr. Hertzberg share three of our four case studies with you, and then I'll share the fourth case study with you and talk about some of our takeaways. So I'll turn it over to Dr. Hertzberg. Thanks, Penny. Just a little bit about the procedures that we used. We invited triads to participate in the telephone interviews, and we defined the triads as the student themselves, a family member, as well as their teacher. And the study criteria, in order to participate, they had to begin learning Braille in fourth grade or later, and then each of the interviews lasted between 20 and 45 minutes, and we took detailed notes as the interviews were being conducted. So our first participant was Anna, and Anna was a sixth grader. She was actually repeating sixth grade, and she was receiving her education at a specialized school for the blind here in the United States. And at the time of the study, she was reading between 12 and 18 words per minute. Now, Anna was, at first, a little nervous about learning Braille. And as she says, at first I was nervous about learning Braille, but now I say, yeah, because I do not have to strain my eyes. Although Anna was learning to read and write in Braille, she was struggling as well to learn to use technology. She had a different system that she was using at home rather than school. And so sometimes it was hard to know exactly which device would be the best for which assignment, and then also in completing her homework assignment, because with her Braille, it was sometimes a struggle even to find like what page her assignment would be on. So Anna's efficiency with print and Braille. Anna told us, I can read Braille quicker and for longer periods of time. When I write in Braille, I take my time so I don't make Brellos. It's much easier to write in Braille. Now, she did tell us that sometimes outside of school for something that was really short, she would still sometimes use a pen or pencil on paper, but she also let us know that she needed to write much larger than she had to when she was younger. And at this point, that she really is unable to see print efficiently. So what she told us, unless it's enormous like you see in advertisements. Our second student was a ninth grader, and he was having some challenges with accessing information. And so what was happening is that his teachers would actually print out the PowerPoint slides, one per page, and they would enlarge all of his assignments. Now, what was happening is a lot of times, though, is that these were all available electronically, and all the other students were using them electronically, not only accessing the information, but even turning in their assignments. But he was still doing most everything in with paper. And Brian told us, I have a Vizio book. That's a closed circuit TV, but I don't like it as it is big. I use my phone or iPad in the classroom. So 
Brian's TVI was really focusing primarily on reading, but they were also doing some writing. And she says, I think he'd be a more proficient Braille writer than a print writer, but the teacher is resistant to him making noise in the classroom. I think he would, would be a better writer with a keyboard than paper or pencil. But Brian was connecting with Braille. The TVI also told us that he may not admit it to you, us the interviewers, but he is excited about learning Braille. And I think this really came to light as mom was sharing a story that they lived several miles away from school. And this was the first time that he had written a report in Braille. And this is what he, the mother told us about the experience. He actually completed a full science report in Braille and missed the bus the day it was due. He walked five miles to school to turn it in. He was so determined to turn it in because he did it in Braille. I, I just remember that story and I just think, wow, that he was willing to walk five miles to school, wanted to walk that because it was so important for him to turn that assignment is because he was so proud that he had actually finished it all in Braille. So motivation was huge for Brian. Uh, matter of fact, he was sharing with us that uh, he was now with the second TBI, but his first one, they used to race. And when he was first learning the alphabet, he could remember that uh, she could do it in 20 seconds. She could Braille the entire alphabet, but he could do it in 23 seconds. He also enjoyed reading books that were in Braille to his cousin who was in elementary school. And then the TBI told us that um, she loved using text of interest to him because she doesn't want him to feel like he's doing work that he might have done in first grade. And then Brian also told us that he really enjoyed meeting a student who began Braille instruction at the age of six. So according to Brian, I like that I'm the only person at school who knows Braille. I think it's cool to know a different language. Our third student, Chad, was a sixth grader and he wasn't efficient with either print or Braille. Chad reported that he uses magnification, but he has difficulty visually tracking and really fatigues quite easily. His reading speeds with magnification at three inches is between 21 and 23 words per minute, and in Braille he was able to read 10 to 12 words per minute. So Chad told us, I only see half of the word with my electronic magnifier. So I take a lot longer to read. I read slower than everybody else. Chad also told us, I feel like I read faster in print, but the other kids are faster than me. I get tired with print, so I get the assistant to read to me a lot. So this is something that I think he reinforced several times during his interview, that he realized that he was one of the slowest readers in his classroom. He did tell us that he is able to write on paper and able to see it. Both the TVI and his grandmother had some concerns about the future for Chad. So the grandmother who he lives with, who is diabetic, said, I'm going to get, and said the teacher's name, to come and put Braille numbers on the phone. I want him to start learning to use the phone. I want him to learn to call 911 and some other people's numbers. Now, I found this rather surprising because Chad is in sixth grade and apparently doesn't use the phone. So I was really glad that that's something that they were thinking about beginning. And then the TBI. Is it reasonable to transition a one-finger double-spaced Braille reader to reading Braille in the classroom when he has magnification, audio format, and or an adult reader for print material? 
is it ideal to push forward with Braille writing for extended responses in the classroom or push more for typing extended responses? Now, Penny is going to share about our fourth student. Well, thank you, Tina. And I'd like to now introduce our fourth student, who is Dina. Rhymes with Tina. Um, but Dina's different than Anna, Brian, and Chad in the sense that she's an older student. She's an 11th grader who's gifted, and she actually is attending an online school at the same time she's enrolled in university classes. Now, Dina didn't start learning Braille until she was in middle school. And she shared with us that when I was learning Braille, my teacher would let me get dumb little kid books. I would Braille them and have to read them back to her. It was perfect for me because um, for her, she wasn't insulted the way Brian would have been by having to use material that was geared at a younger level. It gave her success because she was able to quickly read these books. Now, another thing about Dina that was different than our other three students was through her own networks, she knew other people who were visually impaired. So she quickly got herself two Braille pen pals and she started writing to them and they would write back to her in Braille. And that gave her a functional way to use her own Braille skills. Dina's teacher of visually impaired students shared a little bit about the experience of teaching uh, Dina. And she said Dina's own organizational skills and goal-oriented personality really helped her be successful with Braille. This was a young woman who would set goals for herself and work very tiredly, tirelessly to get to those goals. The teacher very quickly also introduced technology to Dina. So she introduced her to a Braille note and this young lady was very efficient with that Braille note. She really had no problem inputting text in Braille and she had her contractions memorized. Um, she wasn't interested in games. She wasn't interested in the functional stuff. She really was more motivated about how herself she could make her life more simpler. And she recognized even as a middle schooler that Braille would enable her to do this. However, as motivated as Dina was, as much as her teacher tailored an instruction for her, Dina never succeeded in reading more than 25 minutes, uh, 25 words per minute in Braille. And she was never able to get to um, the efficiency level sh she has with technology when it comes to reading. And as an 11th grader, academic student already enrolled in university courses, obviously 28 words per minute is not efficient for her. So Dina's use of Braille, over time she did do some functional things. She labeled the microwave, the oven, the spices. She would play Uno with her family in Braille. She would use it to um, out in the community. Is this the women's restroom? Is this the men's restroom? Her family went to a restaurant that she really liked. She asked for a print copy of the menu and brailed it so she would have the information she wants. And she um, got very good with Braille up to 18 words a minute, would drop off you know, each time she would put Braille aside for a little bit. And so after about four years of having Braille goals on her IEP as an 11th grader, this was the first year she did not have Braille goals on her IEP. And so she shared that when I use auditory, I listen to 260 words per minute. When I read in Braille, I read a lot slower. Well, that's obvious. Um, and she it goes on to say, we tried to get me ready to take a high stakes test in Braille and it just wasn't working. 
So this was a young woman who, as part of her educational team, she has a say, Braille isn't working for me. Her plans for the future, she says, I don't see print having any role in my future. I think I will have to let print go. Technology will play a big part for me as I rely on it for my schooling. And she wants to be a motivational speaker and a journalist. So the written word, so to speak, is going to be very important in her life. So you've heard about Anna, Brian, Chad, and Dina. What are our takeaways for you? Um, based on these case studies that we did with these 12 individuals, the four Braille readers, the four family members, and the four teachers of visually impaired students. So our first takeaway is that that educational team, which includes the stu student, needs to not just think about this school year, fourth grade, fifth grade, 10th grade, but also about the student's future and what role Braille and technology and possibly print will be playing in that future. Like Dina shared, we need to be thinking ahead. Families and educators need to design programs to support students in becoming efficient Braille readers and writers in a short time span. So for some of our students, it may be that they need to take a year away from the general ed class, go to a, a specialized school like a school for the blind, get very intense Braille instruction, and then be ready to come back and continue on with their general education. It may be that they spend a summer in a summer intensive program, but we need to immerse these young people in Braille and get them those skills so that they can be in the classroom with their sighted peers and have a level of efficiency. Now, when a child is um, losing vision and making that transition from print reader to Braille reader, it's a very difficult time, not just for the child, but for the family. So as professionals, we really need to think about how can we provide that family emotional support? Is it appropriate um, to suggest that there might be some counseling for the child? Um, as a teacher of visually impaired students, allowing time within your um, block of time you work with that student to let them talk and let them vent and share their feelings. Two more takeaways from you. Um, students can benefit from meeting role models. And you heard Brian talk about meeting a, a six-year-old who was a Braille reader and how that was motivating for him. We shared that Dina had two pen pals. So I think it's always important, as does Dr. Hertzberg, that we look for role models to introduce not just our student to, but our student's family. And our last takeaway is that Technology is so important for all of our students and that we need to ensure that there's time in the educational um, day for that student for them to build their technology skills, whether that's using a device that has braille input and output, whether that's using a screen reader, using a combination of the two. We as educators need to look carefully at the technology skills that that student needs and that we need to ensure that they become proficient and comfortable with their technology so that they can succeed in whatever they choose to do in the future and that their literacy skills are not an impediment to their success. So we appreciate that you joined us today for this session. We do now have two published articles that um, share our work we encourage you to take a look at them in the Journal of Visual Impairment and Blindness. 
they were impressed when uh, Dr. Hertzberg submitted the handout. So please do know that they are published. Thank you for your time. We enjoyed sharing our four case studies with you today.